This is the Morning Sports Desk for Friday, April 14th. Corey, we have some high school sports to talk about. Yeah, we do. As as a matter of fact, um, on the outset, this is going to sound like, um, well, yeah, no kidding. This is early spring baseball and softball in the state of Minnesota. Of course, there's a change to the schedule. Uh, but this is a, a different sort of category for a, a change. Um, we talked about it a little bit before. Um, Wadena Deer Creek, Bertha Hewitt, Verndale, baseball and softball were scheduled to make a trek to Stewartville. As a matter of fact, baseball did so yesterday. Rumor has it they get back about 1 o'clock last night. So anyway, enjoy school today, baseball players. Um, but then the softball was going to go today. So, and, you know, as is the case, Mother Nature finds a way and found a way to change the scheduling of Wadena Deer Creek versus Bertha Hewitt Verndale in Stewartville softball. But this is positive news, CJ, because that softball will now be in Wadena today at 4 o'clock. All right, let's go. In parentheses, by the way, bring an umbrella. There's a chance of rain in the forecast. Well, (laughs) you know, Mother Nature giveth and Mother Nature taketh away. But now they don't have to go to Stewartville to get this in, to get this doubleheader in. It's like, remember yesterday we were like, well, maybe in like two weeks it's going to be happening. Yeah. Wrong-o, it's happening now, today. So congratulations to them. They're going to get to play close to home and and um, and be in bed, you know, before midnight. <laughs> they'll just be at home at like they won't be on a bus after midnight. It'll be eight. They'll be able to eat supper at their house. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So that's very, uh, very, very cool. We also have one other uh, local sports announcement that's worth making, and this is for the uh, the folks of New York Mills who most probably know about it by uh, this time. But tomorrow, Saturday, uh, April 15th, New York Mills will have a Wall of Fame and Hall of Fame banquet. It's going to be at the New York Mills City Hall. They're honoring Howard Lund and Dean Simpson for the Wall of Fame. Also honoring the 1977 girls basketball team and Paul Jokola for the Hall of Fame. The event is going to start at 6. And according to the information I saw, you do not have to eat if you want to no, go. you can just show up. You can just show up. And the point is, is honoring... Um, uh, their achievements with the with New York Mills. If you would like to ha- have some that's going to cost a little bit, you just need to get a hold of Brian Dunrude and Matt Radnicky. They can help set you up. And I know, CJ, you had the chance yesterday, I believe, to talk to Matt Radnicky about this. And I, I don't know. I haven't heard the interview yet. I'm pretty sure we're going to play it. But knowing um, Matt like I do, He's probably pretty geared up about this, pretty fired up about being able to do this. Yeah, yeah. So I interviewed Radnicky yesterday, and him and uh, Brian Dunnard, have, uh, this has kind of been something they've been working on the past couple of years. It's the third annual, uh, they call it the Wall of Fame Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. And a lot of schools are doing these Hall of Fame things now. I think Staples Motley was one of the first schools in the region to really get the ball rolling on this. And you've seen Wadena Deer Creek, Bertha mm-hmm. Hewitt, and a whole bunch of other schools uh, kind of jump on this thing. 
New York Mills, this is their third annual. And But the the thing that I thought was really unique and the thing I really liked about New York Mills is it's not just a Hall of Fame for the 1977 girls basketball team or some other great uh, uh, people in the school and the athletes and everybody involved with that. That's great. But they also want to do, they're doing it at City Hall and as part of the Wall of Fame to also honor people in the community more broadly, whether it's business leaders, whether it's people who've just given their uh, time to community service. So it's pairing the city and the school together. And I I think that's a really cool wrinkle to that aspect. That is very cool because I was actually wondering... What the heck's the difference? Yeah. Like, what is there? Is the there, Wall of Fame is the city, and the yes. Hall of Fame is the school. Yeah, there was a part of me that was like, wow, what a weird way to honor. Like, hey, congratulations on your achievements in New York Mills athletic history, but it's not quite Hall of Fame material. <laughs> you're on the wall, but you're well, not in the, the hall. hall. But that doesn't, you don't get your own, you don't get the hall. You yeah. get. <laughs> So that's okay. That's really interesting, and that's that's pretty fascinating. Um, what con- what is the uh, was there like a, a, a highlight that that you learned? Or I know we're going to play that interview later today. Um, is it up on our website? Like, how can folks listen to that? So uh, in a couple hours, uh, in an, an hour, I would say we'll play that interview sure. with Matt Radnicky, and that'll be on KWAD. But like you said, Corey, it will be available on our website, WadenaRadio.com, sometime this morning. And you can also look for it on the KWAD Facebook page as well. And just, uh, Excellent. you know, n- nothing too crazy. We didn't necessarily deep dive uh, into everything, but... Um, even just from somebody like Matt Radnick, just saying he just enjoys getting to sit and listen to everybody talk and oh, hear yeah. the stories and just get to uh, kind of relish that opportunity to share and just to really appreciate all the good things that have happened in the New York Mills community over the years. So if you're in that area, if you're somebody that's from there, it's a really cool event. Congratulations on the Wall of Fame and Hall of Fame for everybody uh, inducted uh, into that. That's very cool. So, uh, again, get a hold of Brian Dunrud, Get a hold of Matt Radnicky if you would like to, uh, especially if you would like to uh, participate in the meal that goes along with it. Otherwise, you're just encouraged to show up, shake some hands, commiserate, and have a good time. It'll be really neat. Really, really neat. So speaking of really neat, Corey, the Twins had a really great uh, day, I would say, but I think this was probably the guy who had the best day of all. And the 2-1 pitch, a line drive into right field deep. Calhoun going back. It's overhead. His head and one hops off the wall. And Julian holds at first base with a leadoff single. And there's his first big league knock. Now the 1-1 pitch, a high fly ball to left field towards the corner. Cordero measuring at the wall, and it's gone! Eddie Julian goes the opposite way for a home run. A single to begin the game. Tenth batter of the game, he homers to left. And the Twins lead 8-0 in a home run that traveled 351 feet to left. So Ed Julian not only had his first career hit, in the first inning of Yankee Stadium at Yankee Stadium yesterday, but they batted around. He got up, and in that same inning where he hit his first career hit, he also got his first career home run in a different at bat. That doesn't happen. I think that's happened one other time, uh, and it was Ken Herbeck. So that's in Twins history. Yes, um, all time. Uh, I was actually listening to the Twins broadcast later in the game, and it happened to Kent Herbeck. But it wasn't in the 
his very first two at bats. Yeah. So Ken Herbert, I don't know whatever he he got out in his first at bat or whatever it was, and then he got his first two hits like that later in the game. It's happened eight times in Major League Baseball since 1974, where their first two hits come in. You know how baseball's weird. Yeah. Like the very specific stats. So it's happened surprisingly often where the where your first two hits are in the same inning and they're in your first your first two at bats in that in. It's crazy. It's crazy. Baseball's the weirdest sport ever with their stats keeping. But also this is a guy you've been talking about as a potential leadoff option down the road for the Twins. That's an impressive way to start this. I would say so, yeah. It was his first career leadoff game. The Twins hit him eighth on Wednesday against the White Sox. They go to Yankee Stadium, need a leadoff hitter, Ed Julian. And by the way, Corey, something we talked about yesterday uh, is that Buxton and Correa came back in the lineup. So you had Julian, Correa, Buxton as your top three hitters. That'll play. Julian has great opposite field power. He can hit it to every part of the field. He's also able to draw walks as well. Um, A really smart kid. He's like my age, but really smart guy um, because he came into college because he's Canadian. So he came into Auburn in Alabama knowing only French. Came in, learned English there, and now also knows Spanish as well. Sure. So just a like, I mean, it's a guy who will do anything. He's a leadoff hitter, has some opposite field power, just overall, uh, and can draw walks. Just overall, a good hitter to throw into this Twins mix, and that's the big thing for the Twins is they need the Twins are kind of banking on some of these youthful options raising their ceiling. Guys like Julian, guys like Larnick. When Alex Kirilov gets back, Royce Lewis gets back. If Brooks Lee ever makes his big league debut this year, those are like a bunch of guys who they're really hoping can become big impact players for them and raise the ceiling of what we think this team can be. Also, a hilarious thing happened in yesterday's game because we spent a lot of yesterday talking about the injury bug with Byron Buxton. Uh, Turns out, apparently nothing wrong at all. He played. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we kind of hinted at how things have been weird for Carlos Correa he got his first home run of the season yesterday. Uh, he uh, also hit a single and a home run in the yeah. first inning. Yes, exactly. Bandbox opposite field to right field. But you know what? Sometimes a good old Yankee Stadium uh, a soft line drive to right field is a good slump buster. We'll take it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Carlos Correa plays well at Yankee Stadium, which Yankee fans just roll over considering uh, his days in Houston. But, uh, you know... Uh, it's a, any. T- I think somebody pointed out when the Twins had like five runs in the first inning, they're like, as the Twins have learned in years past, you can never have enough runs at Yankee Stadium. Keep scoring. And then they got nine, and then they got 11. Uh-huh. Michael A. Taylor with two home runs. I know. He's been hot. That's and like three games in a row for him. Those were not band boxes either. Those were dead center blasts. Uh-huh. Christian Vasquez with two doubles. The Twins really beat up on, they chased the pitcher in the first inning Huge. of a four-game series. Yeah. So And the Twins were able to get through, I think, two other guys. So the point is that the Twins can, I don't know who's on the mound. I think it's Nestor Cortez on the mound. Yep. Uh, if the Twins can get him out of the game early, 
it's a really big advantage to have to make New York dig deep into their bullpen for the rest of the series. Of but, course. But also, anyway, back to what you were saying, Corey. Just, yeah, you know, sometimes you can't ride or die with every game in the season because <laughs> you'll just drive yourself crazy because right. you'll get proven wrong within 24 hours like we did. I also noticed when I was I, – I finally was able to see a highlight of the back-to-back jacks. Um, Aaron Judge is their center fielder. Uh-huh. Is the Yankees center fielder. Yep. What the heck? I I got nothing. You got Stanton in the other feet in the other side. I don't know who's playing right field. Is somebody uh, hurt for them? Uh, that that's I don't know. The but case? Aaron Hicks was on the bench, so I don't know what that means that either. Judge is the center fielder. Th- that's they got to fix that. Yeah. Or is he a superhuman freak of nature? Is he center field fast? Probably not. I I couldn't believe that that the it was the Taylor home run mm-hmm. to straightaway center, and I was like. That is a defensive end playing center. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Aaron Judge. Mm-hmm. I thought they had another monster outfielder, <laughs> but they had him in center and not in in right. That surprised me a little. Yeah. Uh, so Twins win eleven to two. Just a really really impressive game. They got three more with the Yankees, so we'll see. By the way, Joe Ryan in all of this pitched seven innings, uh, only gave up three hits, one of them a home run, so one earned run and ten strikeouts. The Twins, by the way, I think lead baseball in innings per start and also amount of strikeouts per start. Amazing. Isn't it so nice to watch good starting pitching? It's amazing. It's really, really good. CJ, let's end on this. The Timberwolves play a winner-go-home game today in the play-in against Oklahoma City. Denver waiting in the wings. I don't know. What do you think? They got a chance? I think the Wolves The wolves on paper should win this game. I think that's they're the, the eight in uh, out of the Oklahoma City Thunder, the 10. It's at the target center. Now, Rudy Gobert might not play, and not because of suspension. Uh, he had to deal with some back spasms uh, in the last couple games of the regular season. Uh, so, you know, he might not even play in this game, but it should be at the target center. It's going to be raucous. It's going to be loud. The one thing... Uh, I would say, in this game, that concerns me. Because I think matchup-wise, I think the Wolves match up well against Oklahoma City in terms of their size. So if if Gobert's able to play, the Wolves have some nice size with Cat and Gobert down low. If that doesn't work out, then uh, if Gobert doesn't play, I think the Wolves should still win with Cat being down there. Uh, but Oklahoma City doesn't have the weird vibes like the Wolves have. Oklahoma City is a team, they weren't really supposed to be in the playoffs anyways. Like, they're a young team. They're kind of on the upswing. So whatever they're doing right now, they have no expectations. So whatever they're doing right now is house money. Whereas the Wolves have a lot of expectations to actually get into the playoffs. Uh, So there's a lot of nervous energy with the Wolves, especially if it's at home and Oklahoma City jumps out to an early lead. You could see the fans getting weird. You could see things getting weird. Uh, So that's kind of my thing is Oklahoma City's probably going to play fast and loose. The Wolves might be a little tight, uh, especially considering how they collapsed at the end of the last game. But I digress. I still think the Wolves win, and then they have a series against the Nuggets, and they'll probably... Uh, get swept in five games or uh, lose in five games in a gentleman's sweep. But hey, Wolves back, we to ones, Jack, A1 from day one, all that good stuff. This has been the morning sports desk for Friday, April 14th.